good morning. It's good to see everyone out with us this morning. And as I was preparing this lesson, I came across several uh, notes that had some inspiring thoughts. Thoughts that we need to be reminded of often. And I would like to share some of these thoughts in our study this morning with you. You know, Christianity is about getting our thinking right and preparing our hearts for a service to God. And I want to talk about bringing my thoughts into captivity. Each one of us struggle with uh, keeping our minds focused on the things that are important. And we allow thoughts and emotions into our minds that have no business being there. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 7, verse 22 through 23, For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my, mind, in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. No one of, not one of us wants to feel like that we're out of control. We always want to feel like that we're in control. But I think if we would be honest with ourselves and take an uh, inventory of our thought process, that we would find that uh, uh, too often our thoughts are out of control. The things that we think about every day is out of control. And it's important that we get a handle on these thoughts, these unproductive thoughts. Thoughts that linger in our minds for long periods of time. You know, you've heard the saying, you may not be able to keep a bird from flying over your head, but you don't have to let him build a nest there. Well, I believe the same is true with our thought patterns. We may not be able to keep thoughts that have no business being in our minds from coming into our minds, but we don't have to let them stay there. And the long, if, longer we dwell on them, actually what we have done, we've allowed them to take up residency. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 18 through 19, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemies. What we allow in our minds and what we allow to stay there will determine to a great extent our attitudes, how we will act, what we will say, and the longer that we uh, keep these thoughts in our mind, quite possibly will define who we are. James said in James 1, verse 4, 14 through 15, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. James says what we think, to, think about 
what we contemplate on. The things that tempts us, draws us away from God, and draws us to Satan and what he wants us to do. That's exactly what happened to the prodigal son. He was dwelling on uh, the far country. That was all he could think about was going to the far country and living it up. And the Bible says it wasn't many days and he, that he was in the far country. When we dwell on these unproductive thoughts, when we dwell on sinful thoughts, our temptations become more intense. And I believe Job is a prime example of what I'm talking about. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes. Then why should I think upon a maid? Job understood that to keep him, his thought process pure was a necessity in uh, fulfilling this covenant. He wasn't going to look with uh, lustful intent on a woman. And because he had made that covenant, he knew that he had to bring his thoughts into captivity. That he could not allow these thoughts to roam free in his mind. Solomon said in Proverbs 23, verse 7, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. We've all heard of the motivational speaker, Stephen Covey. And he says, as a man thinks in his heart, or what, uh, uh, what he thinks about all day long, let me start over. A man is what he thinks about all day long. You can approach the day with a negative attitude of anxiety or a positive attitude of enthusiasm. Whatever your choice, so will be your day. A fellow by the name of Kelly McGonigal wrote in the willpower instinct, since the dawn of time, or at least since uh, researchers started poking and prodding the human brain, it was assumed that the brain was a fixed structure. Whatever brain power you had was a done deal, not a work in progress. The only change your brain was going to see was deterioration of getting old. But over the last decade, neuroscientists have discovered <coughs> have discovered that the, uh, the brain is like an eager student. The brain is remarkable, responsive uh, to experience. Ask your brain to do math every day and it becomes, uh, gets better at math. Ask your uh, brain to worry and it gets better at worrying. Ask your brain to concentrate and it gets better at concentrating. Not only does your brain find these things uh, easier, but it actually remodels itself based on what you ask it to do. We need to be good stewards of what God has, the minds that God has entrusted us with. We need to learn to think about what we're thinking about. We must not give in and dwell on every fear, every what if, and every anxiety we may have. We must not allow ungodly thoughts 
to roam free in our minds. These things will be a detriment to our souls. The Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 11, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. <coughs> Paul said to abstain from these fleshly lusts. And it's important to abstain from the acts of sin. But folks, without getting our mind and our thoughts under control, it's going to be hard to accomplish this. Because Jesus said, what we think about is what will drive our actions. David said in Psalms 139, 23 through 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead, lead me in the way everlasting. David appeals to God to help him identify the things that are in his uh, mind, his life, that have no business being there, and set him on the right path. When we dwell on unhealthy thoughts, actually what we are doing is choke, choking our spiritual life right out of us. We are preventing the Word of God from transforming us. But Jesus noted, among other things, that worries and unhealthy desires would choke our spiritual growth. In Mark 4, verse 19, Jesus said, In the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire of other things, entering in, choke the Word, and it uh, becomes unfruitful. <clears throat> when was the last time that you asked God to test your mind? To show you areas where your thought life was out of control. Solomon said in Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. <coughs> Think about it. What we are exposed to every day. When we watch the news, all we see is negativity. Always something is going on. Some kind of disaster, some... Uh, turmoil in, uh, that's going on in our world. This negative information that we get causes unrest. And when we are restless, we worry. That's human nature. And when we worry, we default to self-pity. And before you know it, it's like Solomon said, Depression sets in. When we dwell on the negative and those things that's going wrong, there's no other way to go but down. There's no way to keep from not becoming depressed except to get those thoughts out of our mind. Don't allow them in our mind. 
and don't allow them to dwell there. I heard a saying that holding on to worry, bitterness, and things you can't control is like trying to breathe with a stack of bricks on your chest. Anxiety kills hope. Anxiety kills motivation, and it kills optimism. And it, folks, it can even kill our love for God. Anxiety is a tool that Satan uses to distract us. When we get anxious, our mind is out of control. When we cannot help or keep from thinking, what if? Anxiety can consume us. And it will consume us when we worry about the future and don't focus on the present. When we are thinking about ourselves and not God. When we are thinking about what could go wrong instead of thinking about what could go right. We must take, take control and tear down these strongholds in our minds. Whether it be worry and the anxiety it causes, or whether it be dwelling on sinful lust. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I like this definition of strongholds. It says, strongholds are where the enemy is in control, not God. They are places in your life where your power to fight sin and temptation is crippled. Where you are imprisoned by warped ways of living. <clears throat> and I want to talk a little bit about the, the high things that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Among those things are all the habitual mental thoughts in our heads that we refuse to abandon. And perhaps we refuse to give uh, them up because we think we have a better idea than God does uh, in this area of our lives. All the views that we refuse to give up, even though God has said they're false. The compartments in our head and heart that we refuse to turn over to God. Or to Christ. Worry can be a stubborn habit. Yet it's also rooted in our own determination to run our lives our own way. They are attitudes that actually says, no, I have the right to worry about uh, that, or God cannot fix or help me with my problems. That I can fix them myself if I just fret about them enough. In fact, at times I think we, uh, our determination to worry convinces us that we have some special power within us that the God of heaven that could part the Red Sea is not able to help us with our problems. Only our worrying can fix it. 
Folks, pride is at the root of everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Pride is when we are not in control, but we think we are. And we refuse to turn over things that need to be turned over to God and put our complete trust in Him. Jesus noted that worrying would accomplish nothing positive. In Matthew 6, verse 27, he, says, he asked the question, he says, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? Thinking is a different process. And bad habits will not go down without a fight. When it comes to bad mental uh, habits, we need to be ruthless in this battle. We must not make any concessions and uh, we must not allow these spiritually destructive thoughts in our heads. They must be completely done away with. Nothing should be left standing. And I'm going to tell you, it's not a victory to say, I will not worry as much. We must be determined that any worry that is caught entering our mind is stopped in its tracks. We must determine we will not give in any more free passes to sinful thoughts that are uh, ruining our spiritual life. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 4 through 6, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to, be made known to God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing. These words were penned by a man that was persecuted every day. He lived with the knowledge that his life was going to be taken from him because he served the God of heaven. Why are we fretting when we know we are saved? What are we doing wasting our time living our lives in misery? Our future is bright. God loves us. He said he would never forsake us or leave us. Just think of all the things that can go right because you are a Christian and you serve the God of heaven. We need to be focusing on that inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled and that fades not away that is reserved in heaven for us. Here are some words to live by. Worry about nothing, pray about everything, and thank God for anything. Turn your anxious anxieties into prayers. Repurpose your fears and worries and dreads into prayers. How can we be sad and anxious when as Christians we are so blessed? We need to make it a priority to make a mental list daily of our uh, blessings. 
rather than a list of our setbacks, our defeats. When we make a habit of worrying about the what-ifs, instead of counting our blessings as children of God, folks, we are our own worst enemies. We need to make every day a day of gratitude. We can choose what we allow in our minds and what we dwell on. And we must fill our heads with the right kind of thoughts. <clears throat> David said, blessed is the man that who delights in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. We are surrounded with negativity on every side. Every day we're faced with it. People we come in contact with, things we hear on the radio, things we hear at school, it's all negative. We need to be focusing on the positive. You know, we hear about the world affairs and the bad shape that they're in. We hear about the inflation that we are experiencing right now. We hear about the economy. And it's in such bad condition. And all the world affairs. You name it, we have something to worry about every day. If we choose to do so. However, when we choose to dwell on what Paul was talking about here, the truth is that we will see just how blessed we really are. The opposite of gratitude is entitlement. That we feel like that God entitles us to what we want. And when we get, don't get what we want, and things are not going our way, as human beings... We default to self-pity. But as we seek to control our minds and fill them with God's truths and truly set our affections on things above and not on things of the earth, when we truly dwell on the assurances of God's promises and we acknowledge and truly believe that God is in control. And his view of the future is, is good. Then and only then will we be able to take our minds off the worrisome things that distress us and troubles us every day. We can then put our complete trust in God, which is in absolute control. And devote our thoughts to the things that matter. 
But it will take a conscious effort to think about what we're thinking about. In the first century church, Christians were persecuted every day. And they were persecuted beyond our comprehension. They lived under an oppressive government that might confiscate their uh, belongings, their property, on whim. They may put them in pri prison because of their beliefs. They lived every day with the knowledge that their life could possibly be taken from them at any given moment. My question is, how did they cope? How did they cope with these things? I'm going to tell you they was able to cope with these things because they truly brought every thought in captivity to the uh, obedience of Christ. That's what they thought about. They truly set their affections on things above and not on things of the earth. They had the conviction that if they lived faithful unto death, they would receive a crown of life. David said in Psalms 19, 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Folks, this is what we should be praying all the time. This should be on our mind. That we should want our hearts and our thoughts to be a pleasing to God at all times. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 8 verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is uh, life and peace. There's not a one of us that doesn't want peace in our life. And that is going to start with our thought process. To be spiritually minded is what's going to achieve the peace that we all so much desire. I want to close my thoughts this morning with a reading in Isaiah 26 and verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. He says the man that's going to enjoy the perfect peace is the one that has got his mind in the right place. He's thinking about the right things. He's thinking about God. He's thinking about the promises. He's thinking about what will happen when this life is over. And that is his thought process. It's not about what am I going to, how am I going to cope tomorrow? How am I going to feed myself tomorrow? Am I going to go broke tomorrow? Those things will not give us peace. But if we stay our mind on God, we can achieve that peace. We never like to close a service without uh, offering the invitation that Jesus gave to everyone. And he gave an invitation that if you will come to me, you can have rest. You can have peace. I will take care of you. 
Do you have a lot of problems in your life that are choking your spirituality out of you? You know, Jesus says that I will give you rest. Jesus has the ability to restore us spiritually. He can heal us spiritually and take care of us. And if our life is out of control, we need to put it in his hands. We just need to. Because until we do, we're not going to be able to get our lives aligned with God's and what he wants from us. You know, I said in the beginning that Christianity is about thinking about the right things and preparing our heart to serve God. And folks, if you have a spiritual need this morning, Jesus can help you correct the things that needs to be corrected. And his invitation is open to everyone. If you need to be obedient to the gospel or you need prayers for strength, 